Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy included, writing to the church at Thessalonica, and from the New King James Version, here we go. Ready? Put your seatbelt on. Chapter 2, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, oh, okay, he just set the stage right here. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the first one, but the second one, and our gathering together to him. Notice two things. There's our gathering. Now, of course, he mentioned in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, not just mentioned, but he explained a bit that those who have died already and their bodies are in the ground, so to speak, some have completely decomposed. That's just what happens to a physical body. It's just a physical body. It's not the real you. No, you're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. When your body dies, you're not, you didn't cease to exist. You still exist. If you're saved, born again, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's, of course, of course post-resurrection, before Jesus was raised from the dead. They weren't there. They were in a place called Abraham's bosom because they were waiting for the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. But now, to be absent from the body, a believer is present with the Lord. But Paul also says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that those of us who are still alive when Jesus comes back will be caught up. Now, the, the dead bodies will first rise, he said, we won't precede them. They'll, the bodies will first rise and be reconstituted. And those spirits in heaven that, will, that are coming down with the Lord now, they'll get their new body, a body like Jesus has right now. He's the only one that has a glorified body. But we're going to get bodies like that, immortal, uh, which means not subject to death, incorruptible, not aging or decaying. See, and so we're going to get bodies like Jesus has right now. Thank God, because these bodies that we have like to sin and they like to disobey and they're all selfish and they want what they want and such. We're going to get some new bodies that don't have those uh, things that happen with the fall of Adam, the sin of Adam. And so uh, Paul said in First Thessalonians chapter four, he said, if you remember, you were tracking with us that as soon as the bodies of the believers who have gone to heaven, as soon as they're raised, will also be caught up. This is the rapture. Will also be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, to meet the Lord. And then we, all the saints, will come back down with the Lord in the second coming. Okay, so now he said, brother, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, see, and so I just explained that, uh, what that means. We ask you, it, it is a rapture, okay? So the rapture is in the Bible. The word rapture, no, but the concept is clearly in the Bible in m- multiple locations. So notice this. It says, in, uh, in our gathering together to him, we ask you, verse 2, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. So he's saying that there are some people that would say to you, teach you, 
that would write to you that would say, the day of the Lord's already come. I mean, that day's over. Those prophecies have already been fulfilled. Paul said, don't you believe that? Don't you believe that? No, he said, that's not true. Verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means that, that the day of the Lord, Jesus has already come back or all these prophecies about the end of the age, tribulation period, it's all done. No. He said, let no one deceive you by any means for, he said, let me, let me give you some clues, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. The man of sin, this is the Antichrist, okay? That day will not come. The day of the Lord will not come unless two things. The falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. Okay, so let's get back to that. But let's hit these things first. The day of the Lord, the second coming of Jesus, will not come until two things happen. The falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed. So hold on to the man of sin, the Antichrist, for a moment. Let's just talk about this falling away. Different doctrines about when the rapture happens, whether it's pre-tribulation, called pre-trib, whether it's mid-tribulation, three and a half years into it, mid-trib, or whether it's at the end, toward the end or at the end, is generally referred to as post-trib, after the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation. Uh, There are different views on this, okay? So this falling away has to come first. So we know that's a reality. That's in the Bible, documented, that before Jesus comes back, there will be a falling away. Uh, And I believe this is referring to of believers, a falling away. They were with the Lord, but something going on in the world, in life, in society, caused a great falling away, and many will fall away from the Lord. He said that will happen before Jesus comes back a second time. Somebody said, I thought Jesus said the gospel is going to be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then it would come. He did say that, but he didn't say everybody is going to get saved and that everybody that does get saved are going to stay with the Lord. Nobody said it will be preached in all the world. And then the end would come. So this seems to be, and the Greek says it's, a, it's an apostasy that happens. It's, it's a falling away from where you were with the Lord, see? Well, some would believe that this is talking, to, uh, talking about and referring to uh, the rapture, that the, the people of God are actually raptured out of the of the way, so to speak, so that it makes room for the Antichrist to come. And you can see in this context why that could be interpreted that way. But let me just say this. It doesn't say that. It says falling away. And the word there, uh, the apostasy that it's talking about there, is not a word that's generally used for God pulling somebody out of a situation but uh, but a, an, a fall, it's a falling away. It's a negative thing, generally speaking. Okay, so uh, he said there's going to be a great falling away that comes first, and then the man of sin will have to be revealed before the coming of the Lord, second coming. And notice this: the son of perdition, verse four, who talking of the antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. So the Antichrist will oppose all that's called God. That would, of course, include the the God of the Christians, the God of the Jews, which is the same God, by the way. Jesus, the Son of God, 
It would include, uh, it, it seems apparent, Allah of Islam, all that is called God, all of the gods of India and all this. The Antichrist exalts himself and opposes all that is called God or that is worshipped. What does that mean? Now he's drawing worship to himself. And of course we know ultimately to the devil. And so uh, all that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. There is no temple of God right now. There was a temple of Solomon uh, up on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. That temple was destroyed in 586 B.C. Well, then there was Zerubbabel's temple that was rebuilt. And then, of course, Herod built the temple. You know, we'd say rebuilt, but the Jews don't accept that Herod, a non-Jew, really, or mostly non-Jew, really built a temple. So they call that more of an embellishment of Zerubbabel's temple. So they call that the second temple. That's the temple that Jesus went to and that the apostles taught in. Okay, so that temple was sort of known as the second temple. Uh, But that was destroyed in 70 AD. And so since then, there has not been a temple. But this says that the Antichrist, when he comes, he's going to exalt himself above all that is called God, and he will sit as God in the temple. Well, Jesus said this in Matthew 24. He said, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. And you go back there, that's talking about the Antichrist, okay? He said, uh, he will enter the holy place where he ought not. And this here in 2 Thessalonians shows us he's going to end up sitting as God in the temple of God. Well, you're not supposed to be going in there as God. Where does God sit? In the holy of holies. So this gives us the idea that on the temple mount there in Jerusalem, there will be a, a temple that's rebuilt again. And that the Antichrist will end up going into the temple where he shouldn't go and sitting as if he's God in the temple of God. Well, this is very interesting. And by the way, I've been to Israel oh, 17 times now. And there is there are groups of people that have been preparing for the next temple, Jewish people. These are, these are not typically believers in Jesus. These are Jewish people that they, they haven't been able to worship God the way the Bible tells them to worship God with sacrifices and things. And they want to reinstitute that. And the Bible shows us that it will be reinstituted. Because the Bible teaches us that the Antichrist will stop the sacrifice at some point. You can't stop something that's not going. It's not going right now. But there's a particular group, and we, I like to take people to a place called the Temple Institute. And this group, this rabbinical group, has been preparing for many years, decades, uh, for the second coming, excuse me, for the, the reinstitution the rebuilding of the temple of God. And they've got the gold menorah. They've got all the furnishings of the temple and specs. They've been studying it. Well, that doesn't mean that all of the other uh, rabbis and all of the other sects of Judaism acknowledge that this group is able to do that and interpreting things right. That's not the case. But nonetheless, there is a group that has been working on this for years. And it's fascinating to see that things are primed and ready. Uh, The issue we have is a political issue with the the Dome of the Rock being there, this Islamic uh, shrine, uh, and of course the Al-Aqsa Mosque up on the Temple Mount as well. And so there's a whole political issue that's going on that some people say it's impossible, it can never happen. 
Yeah, but let me just tell you something about the Bible. The Bible has a 100% track record that when it says something's going to happen, it happens. And there are many ideas about what could happen and how this could play out. But nonetheless, it says the Antichrist will oppose and exalt himself above all that is called God or be worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God. So there must be a temple rebuilt showing himself that he is God. So he's going to show himself that he is God. Be worshipped, to be worshipped. Verse 5, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Aren't you glad that Paul didn't say, I'm not going to tell you anything because I already told you. Oh, thanks for explaining this to them, reminding them, because we don't have your uh, recordings of what you taught them in person. So we're getting this from Scripture. Thank God we have it. And so he says, you remember I told you this when I was still with you, verse 6, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Now you know what is restraining. What is restraining? Not who, but what? You know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. Now, if you're a person that really believes in pre-tribulation, which by the way, I prefer, I, if we can vote on when the rapture happens, I vote pre-trib. <laughs> Let's not go through the tribulation period unless the Lord says, well, you'll be able to win people to the Lord and get people saved. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. But if I just get to vote for myself and my family and my friends and such, my congregations, if I get to vote for them, I'd say, oh, let's get out of here. Let's not be a part of any of the tribulation period. See, and so if you believe that, and I, I have not only believed it, I've taught series on this from the Word, studied all this out and taught series. And so, well, this verse, the way that you would interpret that right there, and now you know what is restraining, would typically be interpreted like this, that as long as the body of Christ is here, then he's blocking, the body of Christ is blocking the Antichrist from showing up because the body of Christ is here in prayer and a spiritual authority and uh, voting and everything else, the salt of the earth. But, and now you know what is restraining. So people would say, well, once the church is raptured, then there's no more restraint. And it says that the Antichrist will be revealed in his own time. Then it opens the door for the Antichrist to be revealed. Okay, I can see that interpretation. If this was the only text in Scripture and that was an interpretation, I might be able to say, okay, that, that makes sense. However, Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. And so we can't just take a little portion of Scripture and build the doctrine on it. We have to say, but what does the whole Bible say? And so as I read the, the Bible over and over and over again, I don't see the rest of the text, the rest of the scripture pointing to that fact that we're just going to get out of here at the beginning, although I would vote to do it. Uh, I don't see that. I don't see that. So, and this here, it doesn't say, and now you know who is restraining, as in the body of Christ, you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. So there is something restraining the revelation of the Antichrist. There is something holding this back. You know what is restraining. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Think about the lawlessness in the world today. The anarchy, the signs of anarchy that we're seeing, of violence. Uh, in some cases, you know, if I can say Antifa, 
and you see this group of people that are going out, they're all dressed in black and such, and masks and such, and they're going out with a cause, but with violence, and they, they have a cause against godliness. And this is a, this is a horrible thing, but this, this is one of many signs we see of lawlessness. People refusing to go by laws, refusing to go by laws. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. In other words, this is showing us that in preparation for the Antichrist to come, that there's going to be some anarchy, there's going to be lawlessness, there's going to be chaos, and the Antichrist is going to come to solve these problems. He's going to seem to be an answer, and I believe there's going to be lots of economic problems as well. And so notice, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will now do so until he's taken out of the way, and then and then, uh, the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So notice it says, uh, it says, uh, talked about what was restraining, and then it says, verse 7, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will now restrain, will do so until he is taken out of the way. This is that rapture that people say, this is the rapture of the church. I, I don't see it that way. I don't see that. I believe that, Personally, in fact, it says he, notice in New King James, it's a capital he, the Lord, that the Lord is blocking the Antichrist from coming. And the Lord has a restraint. The Lord has a barrier against the Antichrist being revealed and for this plan of a one world government and this wicked deception across the face of the whole earth that the Lord is restraining this. What do I see this as? The Lord's giving us more time more time for the gospel to be preached, more time to win souls. See, the Lord is restraining this until he is taken out of the way. And then, verse 8, the lawless one. Oh, the Antichrist is going to come. He's going to make laws, but he's lawless. Let me tell you, he is lawless. He is not subject to any morality of God. Talk about a perverse human being. Talk about a selfish human being. Talk about a, a deceptive, sick, uh, ruthless human being. This is who we're talking about, the Antichrist, demonized, completely demonized human being. And it says, uh, and then the lawlessness, the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord, watch this, you think the Antichrist is tough, watch this, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. This, this is no match for the Lord Jesus, who the, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's why I said the Lord Jesus, because notice his coming. Who's coming? Jesus is coming. So once, once the Antichrist is revealed during the tribulation period, and once the Lord comes back, the Lord's going to take him down so fast. Okay, so he's no match. But for the earth and the deception that he brings and such, the, the chaos that the world is in, they're looking for some leader, they're looking for somebody to bring hope, and they're, they're going to have to give away all of their freedoms and do whatever he says to do to get what he's promising with eventually peace and safety and, and resources, food, and so on. And so uh, you can see that the Bible is giving us these clues, but it's saying, but you need to know Jesus is going to clean his clock. 
when he comes. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. It cannot be any more clear that the Antichrist is not somebody that we should follow for a little while until he goes rogue, so to speak. Uh Uh-uh. No, you be careful. This is being told to us so that we know. Do not follow him. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and notice, lying wonders. In other words, the power of Satan is going to be doing miracles, doing things where people are going to be deceived and think, oh, that guy is God. Look at the miracles he's doing. Lying wonders, deceptive wonders that are going to happen. And and this is why so many people are going to buy into it because they're going to say, who could do that but God? This guy is either God or with God. Let's follow him. No, what human being could do that? See, the power of Satan is going to cause these deceptive miracles to happen. And with all unrighteousness, excuse me, unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be that they might be saved. So notice they didn't receive the love of the truth. The truth is simple. The truth is from God's word. But this person is demonstrating these signs and miracles and such. And Oh man, people are going to perish. This is a horrible thing. And this is why we got to reach people now because when the Antichrist shows up, it's going to be tough to get past that deception. There, is, there will be so many influences as to why you should follow. It's better for your life. And it, it, obvious it's God and so on, but it's a deception. It's a deception. And so among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. God, God's truth comes with love. The love of the truth that they may be saved, might be saved. Verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion. In other words, God gave them time, 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 time. They refused. They rejected the gospel. They wouldn't believe the gospel. And so now when the Lord stops restraining, the Antichrist comes, God will send them strong delusion. In other words, you didn't want to receive me? Okay, then I'm going to send delusion so that you'll fall into that trap of deception. The Lord will send strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they should believe the lie. See, it's one big lie. And that they should believe the lie, that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So notice, even before Jesus comes back, he has already rendered judgment to those who refused the gospel. And he sent them strong delusions so that they buy into the lie and they think they're right. They think they're doing the right thing. But they're not. They're not. And the Lord is saying, you want to do it? Then do it. Go with him. You, want, you don't want to receive the truth of the gospel? You don't want to believe in salvation through Jesus? You don't want to obey God's word? Then go ahead. I'll uh, I've given you plenty of time. Now I'm going to give you this strong delusion so that you believe the lie. Verse 12, that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They didn't want to give up the pleasure that came from unrighteousness. And there is a pleasure, a temporary pleasure in unrighteousness. Verse 12, verse 13, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because... Uh, God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation. Oh, aren't you glad God chose you? Oh, he chose me too. It says, 
Uh, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification, setting you apart by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and belief in, in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel, the gospel that we preach to you, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our We're receiving the truth of the gospel. We're walking with the Lord. And by that, we're obtaining the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says in verse 15, Therefore, brethren, stand fast, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught. These are not old traditions. He's saying the traditions, the the way of life, the rhythm of life, the way we taught you to walk, the the traditions of uh, communion and uh, meeting together as believers, reading the Word of God, all those traditions, hold fast the traditions you were taught, whether by word or epistle, whether we told you in person or whether we wrote to you afterward. Hold fast to those things. Why? It's, it's your very life not to fall into this deception. See, it's your very life. And so notice he's talking to them as if they have to be careful not to walk into the deception or fall into the deception. That's interesting. See, and this is part of why it's hard to believe that everybody's gone because why why would you be warning people to do certain things not to fall into the deception if they're not going to be there anyway? See, and so this is a common problem with uh, the pre-rapture belief that I prefer, but it's a common problem because the Lord talks to us as if He's preparing us for those things that are happening. So, verse 14, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation or comfort and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.